Hello, and thank you for tuning in to Mum Talk, hosted by myself, Emma Jolin, mum to Amandine, who was born in September 2018. If you are new here on this podcast, I share my journey as a mum from pregnancy to life with a baby, now toddler, sharing all the highs and all the lows. Not only am I joined by incredibly knowledgeable guests, some experts in their field, but also mums and dads sharing their experience of pregnancy and parenthood. As always, you can trust in mum talk to be honest real and informative and provide plenty of nod along and me too moments wherever you may be thank you for listening and enjoy being part of today's conversation Nourish is a well-being app created by mums for mums, offering bite-sized calm and well-being at your fingertips. The app is an on-demand library of meditations, videos and quick reads across mindfulness, yoga nidra, psychology and much more, all tailored to the emotions and challenges we face as mums. It's a support team of well-being experts in your pocket who are all mums themselves who get it. Try Nourish to de-stress, restore and reboot and find more love, joy and calm in the chaos and pressures of modern mum life. Nourish was named App of the Day by Apple and is free to download and explore on iOS and Android. Check it out at thenourishapp.com. Hello and welcome to a brand new series of Mum Talk, Series 9. I know I say this every time I start a new series, but I never thought when I started the podcast we would be running for like three years and we would be doing nine series. It's ridiculous. I'm very excited for series 10. That'll be a real milestone. Um, But I'm so happy to be back. I am massively out of practice, so I'm sorry if there are lots of pauses and ums and ahs, but you know me. I will try not to waffle too much. So today on the podcast, you guys sent in so many brilliant questions on Instagram, and I really want to cover all of them because they are great. There's going to be quite a bit of pregnancy chat, but I will let you know when that starts. So if, again, it's a trigger for you at the moment, which I completely understand, we spoke a lot about that in series eight, I completely understand if it is, then just tune out and tune back in again. Everything will be in the show notes, so you won't have to listen to it if you don't want to. But first of all, I am going to use the time to chat about what's new and something you might have already uh, recognized is new, um, what we have coming on the rest of the series and what has been going on for us over the festive period. And of course, being in lockdown three. So we are in lockdown three. One of the first things I wanted to talk about, which you have probably noticed, is we have an ad at the beginning of the podcast. And I mean, you guys know that occasionally we have ads on here, but we haven't had them for a while. Um, And I really wanted to do my part during lockdown three to help businesses, help small businesses um, and offer anyone support and offer support for you guys as well. So that we have ads coming at the beginning and we have ads coming mid-roll and potentially some at the very end. They are brands who I know, I use and I love. Um, You will have heard me mention them before. Some of them are coming on also as guests, which is really, really lovely. And we have basically offered the brands a platform to be able to share their services and what they can offer you in support to you guys through lockdown. So do have a listen to the ads. Some of them will be on repeat. They've supported us for the whole um, of this series. And I'm very, very grateful to them, as I'm sure they are to us. Okay, and guest-wise, we have some wonderful guests coming on in no particular order. I'm just going to share a few of them with you. We've got me. And we have Kat, the founder of Piccolo Foods. She is coming on to talk about uh, founding a business when she has children and juggling during the pandemic and all sorts. And of course, she shares some nutrition um, about uh, food for kids. We also have along that um, kind of... Uh, topic. We have Rebecca from What Mummy Makes. You might have come across Rebecca on social media. She's huge on social media and she has written a couple of books, recipe books. I meal planned with one of her books today and in fact I am chatting with her this afternoon. We're recording our podcast so that won't be long away from your ears. We've also got Charlie from Bumps and Burpees coming on. We have Amanda from Bundle London coming on and we've also got Leslie from My Expert Midwife coming on to talk all things 
birth, post-birth, looking after your body, so much which I definitely need, need to be reminded about. So I'm very excited for those guests and I'm sure you guys are too. Um, we will have more guests as well. I will come and let you know about those as we move through the series. So what's been going on for us? Uh, lots of you asked how I am. I am fine. Thank you very much. Um, we are, personally, I'm finding this lockdown a lot harder than lockdown, the, the previous lockdowns. Um, I think, you know, the previous lockdowns were kind of summery and it was easier to be out and about with a toddler. It was easier to just be in the garden. It was just easier. Um, but now it's just getting a little bit old, isn't it? Hendrik, of course, has been furloughed again. He is not working still. So he's home and it's really tricky. It is really tricky from that side of things. I don't know if anyone else um, feels like this. I mean, I'll tell you the positives first. It is wonderful having him at home. It's wonderful being pregnant, having him at home because he can do a lot more. Um, he can help out a lot more. But also having him at home, there's a lot of dual parenting going on, which is great. But on one, on the other hand, you, it's very difficult to just get on with something because no two people parent in exactly the same way. Even if kind of your morals are on the same track and how you want to parent is on the same track, even silly things like coming down to what she's going to wear, what's going to keep her warm. I have very different ideas to what's going to keep her warm than Hendrik does. So it's little things like that and it's just harder to kind of get on, get out, decide where we're going, you know, decide what walk we're going on, seeing as that's pretty much the only thing we can do right now in lockdown. So it's all those little challenges which add up um, and it's tricky and uh, yeah, but we're all getting through this how we can, aren't we? And I think that's the thing. None of this is forever. This will end, there will be an end at some point, there will be an end um, and we'll look back on it hopefully as a positive special time where Hendrik got to spend a lot of time with Amaldine and I'm going to come on to that because a lot of you asked how her language is developing um, and how we're going about being a bilingual family um, and bringing up Amaldine speaking French and English. And lockdown has been a massive, 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 massive thing for that. So I will talk about that when I cut to your questions so it's specific. Uh, <laughs> Sleep-wise, um, Amandine took a little bit of a back step, but I think we're out of it, touch wood. I really do think we're out of it. We, as you know, at the end of last series, we took down the cot side, we put a duvet in and a pillow all relatively quickly because she was really super excited about it and she wanted to be in a big girl bed. Now, it's it's a moky cot that um, she has, so the side does come down. We didn't we, we haven't bought her a big bed yet, but again, that's in your question, so I'll talk about what we found and when we're going to do that. But we have put her back in her grow bag because I found that pretty much every night... At one point in the night, she would wake up and she would not know how to put the cover back on over her body. So we've put her back in her grow bag. It doesn't have legs, the grow bag. Um, there are some brilliant ones out there that have uh, yeah, legs, essentially. So she could get up and walk out of bed. But she can walk perfectly in her grow bag, so she doesn't really need ones with legs. And she'll be in a duvet soon enough. So I don't want to spend the extra money buying her a gr another grow bag. Um, her pillow, she kind of likes it, but often I find her wriggled round to the other end of her cot still, so she does a, a 180 to the other end of her cot and she doesn't have her pillow, but sometimes she'll sleep solidly on her pillow for the entire night. Before we put her in her grow bag, she was waking up at least once, if not twice a night, and then she started waking up with nightmares. Now I think... It's because we've been doing a lot of reading with her. We've been, there's lots of stories going on. I think there's been a developmental leap as well, uh, definitely. And she has been able to take on a lot more of the stories. So we've stopped doing things like watching The Room on the Broom for Julia Donaldson. And we've stopped watching Zog because a lot of the things that were in those programs were coming up when we talked to her in the morning and asking her why she woke up and she would be saying something like, oh, dragon, or um, she said that she had a cauchemar, which is a nightmare in French. 
Now, because we react when she has a koshmar, and if she says that, we're like, oh, well, what did you dream of? And she gets quite a lot of attention when we say she has had a koshmar. I think that was a lot of the, a lot of the, a lot of where it was coming from because she would wake up and she'd say, Mama, Papa, I had a koshmar, I had a koshmar. And it was almost becoming a routine that she would wake up and say she had a koshmar when she really didn't because she would sleep solidly through the night. <laughs> so uh, we then started, you know, really trying to explain to her that bad dreams, they're in your mind, it's imagination, it's, uh, you know, things in your day coming out in your in your mind whilst you're sleeping. And then we started saying every night before bed, what are you going to dream about tonight? Dream about going to the beach and building sandcastles and seeing grandma and, you know, all that kind of stuff. So fun, fun stuff. Uh, and that seems to have really worked. And touch wood, she has slept really well for, I would say, the last week now, um, which I'm really pleased about. We have also been doing a lot of cycling and making sure that we go out in both the morning and the afternoon. We've been trying to do that um, because we did find that if we were just going out in the morning, Amandine became a nightmare to take out in the afternoon, especially with the late nights or sorry, late kind of. Oh, how can I say this? The, the evening's coming so much earlier that by the time she woke up from her nap, we would literally have an hour and a half of daylight and then it would be dark. So trying to get her up from her nap, downstairs, have a snack, have some water, out the door, go do something, come back before it's dark. It just wasn't happening. And I found myself getting really stressed out. So I decided, you know, probably just before, well, before Christmas at least, that we would stop going out in the afternoons and afternoon would just be chill time. Now we have actually gained quite a bit of light. So we have started to go out, maybe just ride her bike a bit, go for a walk, walk down to the little village shop, not actually go in, but just go down to the village shop and back or go see the horses and back or go down to the river and come back. Tiny little outings. Um, That seems to have really helped her get a good night's sleep so I think there where she didn't need that before she needs that now she's still having a two-hour nap in the day she would have more if we let her (laughs) but often she's actually just lying there awake just chilling out which is lovely I wish she would do that in the morning in the morning now she's in her grow bag she doesn't really seem to understand that she can get up out of bed um she'll wake up in the morning we'll go in and then she'll kind of look at you and go can I get out now? (laughs) Which is really, really sweet and kind of how I want it to stay. Because before we put her in her grow bag, she, we would find her jumping out. Actually, that's not true. In her grow bag, I'd look at the monitor and I would see her sleeping on the chair that's in her room, not actually in her bed. And a few times I did go in and find her sleeping on the floor in her grow bag. I was like, what are you doing? (laughs) Go into bed. It's so much more comfy in bed. But during her nap time, I really don't care where she sleeps. But during bedtime, I don't want to get into the habit of waking up at like three o'clock in the morning and finding her asleep on the floor or in the in the on the chair or something because it's not safe. But that chair is going to go soon. But I will talk about that when I get to your questions. Um, what else can I say? Oh, Christmas. Yeah, so <laughs> Christmas was different for everybody, wasn't it? Wasn't our normal, lovely Christmas. We did go down to my mum's for the day. That was allowed. Um, she is only, uh, well, it's not down the road, but she lives in Salkham. Um, so that was very easily accessible for us to do in the day, uh, which was lovely. And it's been really sad that we just haven't been able to see them since, which sucks. And Amandine asked this morning to go and see Gigi, which is grandma, but it's just trying to explain to them that we can't go right now. Um, and we need to stay local. It's really difficult, isn't it? So, so, so difficult. Hendrik is really struggling with guilt this time, this lockdown, and he's really struggling with Amandine, you know, being that much older. Um, he's always waking up in the morning going, right, what are we going to do? We have to do something with her today. We do something every single day. We go out every day, whether it's just around our village or whether it's up onto Woodbury Common, which again, is really local to us, uh, riding her bike or going for a walk. Or this morning they've gone to the, our local, um, kind of little park, which is open, uh, to feed the ducks and to go on the playground because that's still open as well. 
I'm not a massive fan of playgrounds right now, just because I think they're a bit of a breeding ground for germs, but it's just, you know, what else do you do, <laughs> you know? What else do you do? We're taking all the possible precautions that we can. Um, so we are, yeah, we're doing everything that we can. Um, but what I was going to say about Christmas was when we went down to my mum's for the day, this seemed to trigger a bit of a potty regression, which we then had for, I would say, a week and a half. Um, so we had a big accident at grandma's all over the carpet by the Christmas tree, uh, <laughs> which was not good, but it was it was only a wee, so it was fine. Um, and we, uh, yeah, so after that, it kind of went a bit downhill. We had really quite a lot of accidents. Amaldine would be refusing to pee. She would hold it. She'd then do a little bit of pee, wet her pants, stop, and then go run to the potty. Uh, so bless her. She knew that she needed to go. She just didn't want to go. And we are still struggling with that a little bit. We've kind of just had to say, right, instead of you let me know when you need to go to the loo, which worked perfectly for us, as you know, um, when I talked about that in series eight, we now have to literally say, right, we're going to the potty before we have dinner or we're going to the potty before we go out on our bike and we literally pull down her pants, sit her on the potty and then she'll do a wee because we know she's holding it. I mean, who can go, who can drink like a whole glass of water before going to bed, hold their pee all night, all breakfast? <laughs> I don't know about you. I mean, I know I'm pregnant, but I am desperate to pee in the morning after going to bed and that's after peeing like really right before I've gone to bed, not peeing at seven o'clock in the evening, then going to bed, sleeping for 12 hours, and then also being up for another three hours. So we know that she needs to pee. We are still rewarding her with chocolate every time, which really has to stop. I have to find or we have to make a star system and we're going to switch to a star system. So we're going to put two or three stars, whatever, a bigger star for a poo and then when she gets a whole bunch of stars she gets like a something bigger than chocolate not edible and not chocolate but maybe uh, a new book or some stickers or a pot of play-doh a new color of play-doh or some stamps for her play-doh or something like that you know something little really little because a lot of peas and poos happen <laughs> so we don't want to end up having to spend a fortune on on her peeing and pooing she is now not peeing in the night so I remember at the last of series eight we were talking about or I was getting frustrated because again I was waking up every night having to take Amaldine for a wee and you guys were amazing saying don't worry it's hormonal it's gonna pass it's gonna pass it passed so thank you it passed and she is now not needing to go for a wee in the middle of the night so I guess that hormone's developed or I, I have no idea but that's brilliant it's really really good even when Hendrik makes pizza and we have pizza nights which is I don't know once every couple of weeks he always puts too much salt in his pizza dough. And I just, I know that that night is going to be a pee in the middle of the night night because Amandine has to drink so much to, you know, get rid of the salt. I have to drink so much. <laughs> and um, it didn't happen this week, <laughs> which was nice. So I didn't have to get up. I haven't been sleeping that brilliant, but I will talk about that as we go on. Um, what else can I, oh my goodness toddler testing yeah I've just written in my notes toddler testing oh Amandine is testing me so much at the moment I don't know if it's me being hormonal as well I just have very little patience um I think it's probably being in lockdown too but everything I have to do or everything I need her to do I have to bribe like literally everything I'm going through that stage of really needing to bribe her or she'll test my patience. Like I'll say, right, we're going to go for, I, I try and do the whole preparing thing. So, right, we're going to go for a bike ride in five minutes. Uh, you can finish playing with your Lego and then we will go uh, bike ride. <laughs> and then a few minutes will pass. You've got a couple of minutes left and then we're going to pop on our shoes and we're going to go out. So I'm doing all the prep work. And then there will literally be about 10 minutes of running away from me or me trying to pick her up and take her to put her shoes on and she'll just squeal at me. Oh, goodness me. And same thing with putting her in her PJs or getting her dressed in the morning. There's always a fight. It's such a fight. And all I want her to do is go, okay, mama, let's get into our pajamas and go to bed. 
<laughs> I know I'm living in a dream world, but wouldn't that be lovely? Wouldn't that be lovely? I just need to allow more time. So I've now learned to allow more time to do these things, to prep for a little bit earlier. You know, if we need to leave at nine or if I'd like to be out of the house at nine, I need to start prepping here by half past eight <laughs> to make sure we are out of the house at nine. Um, yeah. Oh my gosh, the other day, it was just awful. I was trying to take Amandine out by myself. Hendrik had a bunch of stuff he needed to do, so he was staying at home. I was late. I was meeting a friend um, for kind of our exercise, and... Oh, God. And I was running around the house. I had an email for work that I had to send off, which was really late, and uh, Hendrik... All Hendrik could do was go... You're going to be late, you're going to be late, you're going to be late. I was like, okay, but could you just help get Amandine out of the door? Could you maybe pop her shoes on, get her coat and get her potty? That would be really, really great. And he didn't he didn't do one bit to help. He just kept shouting at me going, you're going to be late. I can't believe you. you're always late. You're always late. You're going to be late. Don't you have something more interesting to do than tell me that I'm going to be late and stress me out even more? Oh, it was so frustrating. It was so frustrating. I know a lot of you guys are probably smiling because he is funny like that and I am still trying to get him on the podcast I really hope one of our guests is going to be Hendrik this season this series I really really hope it's going to be he's going to come on we'll probably end up having an argument on the podcast which will be really quite funny um but but that's basically been our couple of weeks whilst I've been away or, or month I guess it's been four weeks hasn't it since I've um been on the podcast and that's been it not much else has been going on been trying to do fun stuff. Amandine is loving Play-Doh at the moment. She's really, really keen on that. Um, we've been finding that the Christmas presents that she was given, she's now really into one of them for like a couple of days and then she'll completely disregard it and be into another one for a couple of days, which is really cool actually. She hasn't been into her piano for a few days and Hendrik only said last night, oh, she doesn't really like her piano. And then today I had to pry her away from it so Hendrik could take her to um, the park. (laughs) So it's nice. It's really nice seeing everything get use. Um, I've been really rubbish and we haven't done thank you letters. Well, we've done a few, but we definitely need to do some more. I put a post on my Mum Talk Instagram page about, um, which actually just felt really wrong, but you guys asked for it, about the the presents that she got or some of the presents that she got for Christmas and which ones she really enjoyed. She is loving her little doll and her little doll bed. She's really taken to cuddly toys recently. Um, she's she's started loving them <laughs> a lot more than she did. She wasn't interested in cuddly toys in forever. Um, so yeah, that's really been what's been going on for us. A lot more will come out in the questions, which we will get to after this ad. Back in 2018, when I started the podcast, one of the first things I was kindly sent was an all-in-one kit from Cheeky Wipes, and we have used and purchased more ever since. Cheeky Wipes make washable, reusable baby wipes, makeup removal pads, reusable period protection, and more. As you know, with Amandine, we really have tried to do our part, using cloth nappies for a big chunk of time and reusable wipes. We use cheeky wipes for bum, hands and face, white cotton terry cloths for bum and coloured microfiber cloths for hands and face after every meal. The all-in-one kit has everything you need whether you are using cloth or disposable nappies. The wipes are great for sensitive skin. Using just water and a few drops of essential oil, you know exactly what you are using on your little one's delicate skin. The kit is so easy to set up, use and wash. We literally pop them in the wash bag and into the washing machine. We honestly find they clean a pooey bum much better than disposable wet wipes. You can find the all-in-one kit and their full range of products at cheekywipes.com and you can do your part for the environment and your wallet, saving over £500 over two years by switching to reusable wipes and nothing is being added to landfill. All right, let's get into your questions. So I'm going to answer the ones that aren't pregnancy related first. So those of you who don't want to listen to anything pregnancy related can tune out when I let you know. Okay, so first question, seeing as we were just talking about sleep, how is it going transitioning A into a big bed and also recommendations, re-beds, extendable, single, please? 
Okay, so as you guys know, I just said about transitioning her into the bed that we've got at the moment, which is obviously just the cot with the side down has been a little bit tricky, but I think we're there. We're there. Now she's in her grow bag. It was the duvet causing the problem, not the bed. So I think we're fine. It's been fine. I would just say don't rush it, but I think that's the advice from every sleep expert. Don't rush it. We are rushing it a little bit. She could stay in her cot for a lot longer. The Moki cots are smaller than a normal cot, so she does look really big in her cot if the side was still up. So I don't think I've actually rushed that part taking the side down. I think I always would have done that because it just gives her a little bit more space to fling her arms out and things. Um, but uh, obviously taking her into a bigger big girl bed, like a single or an extendable bed, that is happening because we need the cot in the other room. And what worked so well, loads of you will probably be thinking but the baby's going to be in with you for the first six months it's not you know you don't need to get the cot ready well with Amandine what we did was daytime naps um she went in the cot in her bedroom and then when we came to transition her into her room at night time or for longer naps it was so easy there was no issue whatsoever because she had always the only time she spent in our bedroom next to me was when she slept for her nap um at night time or when she slept at night time sorry naps obviously happened in the stroller and happened on me but a lot of them happened uh at home so or in the car <laughs> um but she got really used to her bedroom and I want to do I want to try and do the same with our little one um we plan to get her a new bed after lockdown I would like to go and see them I think we are just going to get an Ikea bed because it's really expensive <laughs> and no one's working at the moment so um I think we're going to go for an Ikea one and I think probably to maximize the amount of play space in her room we'll probably get an extendable because they seem really um good value and they also, what I like more about the extendable toddler beds is they kind of have, and the Ikea ones, they kind of have sections at the side. So it stops them. They don't have a, you know, a bar that you can put up on the side, but they, they kind of scoop around the head a little bit and scoop around the feet a little bit. Um, so to stop you falling out and to just make it a little bit cozier. Cause I think that's one of the things Amandine doesn't like at the moment maybe is her cot now feels really open. It's not very cozy and I like to be cozy when I'm sleeping. So I can only imagine that Amandine likes to be cozy when she's sleeping. So that is what I think we're going to go for. I mean, I haven't cleared this with Hendrik yet, and we all know how he likes to um, make the decisions. So <laughs> we'll see soon. There's a really great value one at Ikea, which is kind of like a, looks like a old fashioned Victorian kind of iron, iron bar bed, which is extendable, which is really cute. I really like it. I think it's super girly. I think it's really sweet. Um, and it's, it looks lovely whether it's fully extended or not. And it properly scoops around. It's mega, mega popular. I think it's like 79 pounds or something, excluding the mattress, which seems great. And I think the mattress, Ikea mattresses are fine. We have Ikea mattresses that Hendrik and I sleep on. We have Ikea mattresses for the garage. Um, so I don't really see why Amandine can't have a Ikea mattress. She doesn't have any allergies or anything like that, that come from mattresses. And I actually, generally think Ikea are quite good for that kind of thing um, for protecting children against um, allergies and you know formaldehyde and uh, all that stuff that can be found in furniture so I have no issue with buying Ikea stuff um, so I think that's the way we will go I found another couple of great websites I will try and uh, share them on Instagram I think one of them is called Noah and something if you google Noah and question mark beds it'll probably come up but they have really cool ones like house ones uh, if you want to have bunk beds or you want to have like a play section underneath a bunk bed if your kid's a bit older Amandine's room is it's it's big it's not big it's not big at all actually it's, it's really quite small it could what I meant to say was we could get like a house bed or you know something that's shaped a bit more fun um but I think the key, personally, <laughs> to making a room look bigger than it is, is to keep the furniture relatively small. But what I also want to do with Amandine's room is I want to just make it 
into a little bit more her room because it's very much still a nursery, which I made before Amandine even existed. So I would like to get some new prints up on the walls. I would like to remove the big wardrobe, which is basically just storage right now. It's not actually for Amandine. Um, and if I was clever, I could find some other places for this stuff. Plus, when we've had second baby, we'll get rid of it um, and we will sell it. So I don't need to then find storage again for it. A lot of the stuff could go up into the loft. I'm just really antsy about putting things up in the loft because our loft uh, temperature changes quite drastically and things get a bit yucky and moldy. Um, but I'd like to make her a little station where she can do her hair and um, she can see in the mirror. And I'd like to make her a little desk so she can do some colouring, not painting, obviously we have carpet upstairs, but where she can do some colouring and sit. So just when I'm upstairs with the new baby, Amandine has a real place where she can play and she can be and it's hers and it reflects her character a little bit and it's fun for her and it's a bit more girly and... Um, I was really against making a pink nursery, so it's it's all very boy <laughs> nursery, which is great, great for the little one. Um, so yeah, I think that is uh, bed wise what we will do. Um, I also learned a really great trick. I think it was on Instagram that I learned it, maybe, or maybe it was in a blog I read or something. But when you have, um, oh, I forgot to say, so at night time, Amandine is now out of nappies as well, so she's not wearing any nappies at all. Um, and I have now done a waterproof mattress protector covered by a sheet and then another mattress protector covered by another sheet. So if she does wet the bed, which touch wood hasn't happened yet, you can literally just get them up, change their clothes, whip off one load of bed sheets, and then hopefully your second load of bed sheets dry and it will disturb them less and you in the middle of the night but that was a trick that I learned which I'm quite um quite happy about although right now because I washed one of the sheets and I only have two sheets and two mattress protectors for Amandine uh they are currently it is currently only one mattress protector and one sheet <laughs> so it's an idea that I put into practice once but I'm yet to put it back into practice um okay another question this is quite a long one, but I, I think we all could do with hearing it. Anyone else go over details of their newborn days in their head, overthinking whether you cuddled them enough, enjoyed that time enough, fed them enough, feeling very silly about it at seven months postpartum, even though I know I did all the right things because it was a haze. I doubt myself and feel sad that because of a traumatic birth, no sleep, I wasn't present mentally, which I'm sure is common, but I get lots of guilt about it. <clears throat> Sorry for the long question. Don't ever apologise for a long question. I love a long question and... Oh my goodness, you are not alone. I am obviously only speaking for myself, but I am sure there are loads of you listening being like, yes, so much so, so much so. Oh gosh, through pregnancy and through um, the first few months, I really felt like I wasn't present. I mean, I know I can only share my own opinion here because there's only me here talking. Um, but I really, really feel that too. Massively feel that too. And I also know that I was on my phone quite a lot. Um, you know, when you're breastfeeding, I I think it's quite common, but I was on my phone quite a lot shopping <laughs> for really useless things. And I was on Instagram and I was on Facebook and I was texting my mum because it's kind of the only time that you get with your hands free to reply to people or to do things that you need or to get the food shop in or you know, connect with people outside of your bubble. So yes, I'm massively, massively sharing your guilt. Cuddling wise, I have spoken to so many people who just say you cannot over cuddle your baby. Um, but I know that you said, you know, overthinking if you cuddled them enough. Of course, I'm sure you did. I'm sure you did. I mean, you know you did everything right. It's just your mind playing tricks 
on you because it can't really remember, I think. And that's the thing, is those newborn days are such a haze. And so many people ask me, you know, you know, how do you envisage those newborn days? I'm like, I have no idea because I don't remember the last lot and I'm just going to take it as it comes. There are a few things that I know that I don't want to happen, but I actually think living in the world that we live in right now, with lockdowns and social distancing, I actually think those things will be made up for me myself. Um, I really want to hunker down this time, whereas last time I was out and about when Amandine was like five days, four days old, we were out walking and um, I was out in the shops when she was like seven days old. What was I doing? And I always get angry at myself for that. Um, so yes, you are not alone. Absolutely not. Um, and don't try if you possibly can. It's really easy for me to say, don't feel guilty. But try, if you can, to to not let the guilt overtake. Because you're a gorgeous, gorgeous little seven-month-old. And you're their world, whether you're cuddling them or not. Um, so I, please, you know, don't, don't worry. Uh, but you are not alone. It is so, so common. And we, I think a lot of us share in your guilt. All right, last question before going into baby-related stuff. Impressed by Amandine's French, how are you and Hendrik getting her exposed to it in the UK? Is A better at English or French? And there's another question as well asking about bilingual life. So for those of you who don't know, if you're new this series, Hendrik is French. Um, He is actually half German, half French. His mum is German, his dad is French, but he has lived in France. He's never lived in Germany. So he's French and he speaks French. Um, it's an odd French (laughs) because he is 12 years older than me. So he, um, has lived actually either in America or the UK for longer than he ever lived in France. So his English is probably better than mine. In fact, he was reading my Instagram stories the other day, picking out all my spelling mistakes and all my grammar mistakes. And I was so ashamed. And one of you messaged being like, this is hilarious. A French man is picking out on your grammar and your spelling and your use of the English language. And I was like, yeah, but his command of the English language is far better than mine. And I think it's because if he doesn't know what a word means or he doesn't know how to say it properly or he's read it and yeah, he doesn't know, he just Googles it and then he knows. Hendrik's retention of information is absurdly incredible. I don't know whether it's his job that makes him able to retain such information, but he can literally look at something and just he just retains it, where I have to read it over and over and over and over and over again multiple times over the course of a week or two weeks to get something to stick in my head, especially now. Um, so anyway, I'm going off topic. Hendrik's been home for almost a year <laughs> because he's not busy during the winter times they have like ski flights and canaries and that's really it so he's pretty much been home for a year and I think he's flown what like five times now maybe six times in a year well no since March since since first lockdown he's flown six times and then there would have been some times between January and March so he has been home a lot and I think that has been the key for us because Amandine's language has progressed hugely which I think they do at this point and I would say she isn't really better at one or the other but she is completely equal on her French and her English and she will speak to me in English and she will speak to Hendrik in French so she has that understanding and Hendrik only speaks French to Amandine. We speak English together Hendrik and I But seeing as Hendrik speaks to Amandine more than he speaks to me, (laughs) because she's far more interesting than I am, um, especially when she's around, she hears so much French and she understands it. And it's amazing. She'll come up to me and she'll say something in French. She'll realize that, oops, I haven't said it in English. And then she'll change it and she'll say it in English. Or if I look at her in a blank stare, like, what the hell are you talking about? Um, she'll then switch it into English. So it's incredibly, I'm not saying my daughter's incredibly clever, but it is incredibly clever. The brain is incredibly clever that at two years and what, four, five months, she is able to differentiate between speaking French to, the need to speak French to Papa and English to Mama. 
Uh, yeah, it's incredible. I'm picking up loads of French, but I'm trying my best to... Um, I'm not new to French. I, I can speak a tiny bit of it before Amandine came along and even before Hendrik came along. It was actually the only A that I got in my GCSEs, I think, was French. <laughs> um, but that goes, doesn't it? If you don't use your languages, they go. Uh, and yeah, I'm picking up bits, but I'm really trying not to speak franglais. It's really easy to speak, speak, speak in English and then say the word in French, but I'm trying not to do that because then Amandine does that too, and she doesn't necessarily get to know the word as well in English. Um, but we're also very aware that her French needs to be bumped at this point because when she does start going to nursery or when she's, you know, when she starts school, uh, she'll actually start school at five. But when she starts school, she um, is going to be speaking predominantly English. So we really need to put the extra effort in right now. All, pretty much all her books are in French. Um, she has a few with me that I read that are English, but otherwise I just translate them. Um, which I can do. My reading, <laughs> my reading French is far better than my speaking French. Um, and yeah, so that that's how we're doing it. I did speak. Oh God, what series now? I can't even remember what series now. Maybe five. Oh, such a long time ago. Uh, with a bilingual acquisitionist specialist, uh, Christina Schettler, I think she was called, uh, from Germany. And she was very much saying, you know, try to um, let a native speaker teach your child, essentially, if you want to be bilingual or if you want your child to be bilingual. It's very difficult to bring up a child bilingual if it's not your native language. Uh, which I found really interesting. So we're in a, we really do feel like it's the biggest gift that we can give her. Um, and, you know, we're, I feel very lucky that I married a Frenchman because um, we're able to do that. So, yeah, I am very impressed with Amandine's French as well, but thank you very much for letting me know. Okay, I'm going to move into pregnancy questions. So if you are listening and you don't want to listen to pregnancy-related stuff, then please tune out now and come back at the time that I pop in the show notes. See you in a moment. For those of you who have stayed, thank you so much. Um, let's talk about being pregnant. Okay. Yeah, it's different. <laughs> it's so different. Oh my goodness, especially with lockdown, it is so different. Um, I loved, don't get me wrong, I love being pregnant. I love it. I loved being pregnant with Amaldine. I am trying as hard as I can to really enjoy each and every pregnancy moment. I really am, because I am thoroughly enjoying it. Um, it's, but it's hard with a toddler. <laughs> so many of my friends have said it's so much harder being pregnant than actually with a toddler than actually having a baby with a toddler. Now I am yet to find out if this is true for us, um, obviously. But you just, there's just no difference. She obviously doesn't know that I'm exhausted and that, you know, I'm feeling nauseous still at some points in the day and that I feel like my insides and this child is going to drop out of my um, behind a lot of the time. <laughs> there are pregnancy symptoms I knew about but hadn't experienced. So I am getting some pelvic girdle pain, which is quite uncomfortable not major and I can do a lot to kind of I know what exasperates the problem um if I sit down on the floor definitely exasperates the problem if I sit on our kitchen stools definitely if I'm driving for too long or if I fling my legs out nice and wide um to get out of the car not for reasons you might expect but <laughs> to get out of the car then I pay for it if I teach yoga I pay for it if I do yoga I pay for it um, so yeah, I'm actually really looking forward to getting Charlie from Bumps and Burpees on to talk about this because I know I'm not the only one experiencing this, but by about four o'clock in the afternoon, if I've spent most of the day on my feet, there is, I feel, I can absolutely feel the weakness in my pelvic floor in that I, I literally feel like my insides are going to come out. If you've been pregnant before, um, and after you've given birth, you might be familiar with the sensation of that drag sensation where, you know, everything just feels so heavy and you literally feel like you're dragging your insides along with you. That's the feeling that I feel by about four o'clock, which can get quite uncomfortable and just quite 
just, just, just not very nice. <laughs> so I'm trying when I remember to do my pelvic floor exercises. I've always been rubbish at doing them, but I'm really trying to strengthen it before I then need to relax it and to get this baby out, which always seems a little bit of reverse theory to me. But um, yeah, I do understand that the muscles need to be able to work for the baby to go through the birth canal and exit the body. Um, so yes, that's, that's kind of, I get waves of nausea, uh, now and again in the morning still, if I'm hungry, then the waves of nausea will still come, but then they're gone. Then they're gone. The crazy, um, cravings have gone. Although saying that I bought a massive pot of gherkin, gherkins yesterday, which I think is the most, I mean, it's the one that's in all the movies, isn't it? Gherkins, um, being a pregnancy craving, but it's actually because it was in what mummy makes recipe book for, I think these like black bean burgers with gherkins. And I was like, Oh yes, I fancy a bit of pickled substance. Um, and I'm going to answer this question now. If, uh, if you know, if, do you, hang on, what does it say? If you know, if anyone who has advice for raising a vegan baby, so raising a vegan baby, I'm going to ask Rebecca about that. Um, Charlotte Sterling Reed though, however, who is the most fantastic child nutritionist, she has been on the podcast. We ask and we talk about that topic in the series. Let me make a note right now to put on Instagram, um, which series it is with Charlotte Sterling Reed, because, uh, then you can go and listen to that because it is great. Um, she also has loads of posts on her blog about it. She has loads of posts on her Instagram about it. What milks um are good barista oatly i think it is uh, it's really really good for replacement milk if you don't want to be giving cow's milk there are yeah loads and loads of options um to give for a vegan baby um but otherwise pregnancy wise i'm feeling really good bump is well and truly here i actually had a call from my midwife so this is quite big news i guess but i'm hoping fingers crossed also have Hendrick agrees, <laughs> not that it's really anything, well, it is, it does have something to do with him, obviously, but I'm thinking about having a home birth, which is quite new thought process for me, um, and may be a surprise to you guys, because I loved my birth at the birthing centre in Exeter, I had a wonderful time, <laughs> and I had wonderful care, um, and I felt incredibly safe, and I've always talked about the fact that when I, my contractions were ramping up, I think they actually started to slow down because I didn't feel safe in my environment at home. And then when I got into the hospital, everything ramped up again. And within four hours, Amaldine was here. Um, so I was quite surprised. But I think with coronavirus, um, I think with having Amaldine and childcare issues, not that we have issues, um, but I think just that real desire to be a unit for this birth. Uh, has led me to the thought process of having a home birth. But the massive bonus of this is that I have been switched. So uh, I used to be under Honiton for Amandine. Um, and then for this one, I was told that I was going to be under the Exeter midwives, who are all lovely. But I really miss the Honiton ladies because I had such an incredible experience. And actually, one of the Honiton ladies there was actually luckily enough there for my birth. Um, in Exeter, just completely out of the blue, she was, that was her shift that, that night. Um, anyway, but then when they transferred me over to the home birth team, they said, oh, well, we're thinking about giving you the, the, uh, um, home birth midwife from Honiton. She's called Carolyn. And it was my midwife that I had with Amandine. So I literally just spoke to her this morning and she's going to come over next week and, do my checks and stuff which is lovely and really nice and has made me feel a gazillion times more confident about having a home birth I will talk about this more um but the plan our house isn't massive and our uh our walls are thick because it's an old very old house but our floor ceiling insulation is nada <laughs> so <laughs> I can't really just put the birthing, and we live in an open plan house, everything's open plan downstairs, um, so you literally come downstairs and you come into the living room, the dining room and the kitchen. So if Amandine, if it's happening in the middle of the night, and like with Amandine, she was born at half past eight, Amandine will be up by seven, 
Um, so Hendrik's concern more than my concern is that we'll be in kind of the late stages of labour, about to give birth, which <clears throat> I was extremely vocal with Amaldine, extremely vocal um, with Amaldine. Don't think I'll be able to control that just because Amaldine's in the house. Um, so what we're thinking is we have a we converted half of our garage into a bedroom for Hendrik to sleep in when he is late working and early working. Um, so we're thinking about shifting. I mean, it's going to be a right right palaver, but we're going to take I think dismantle the bed, which includes everything under the bed, which is loads of stuff. <laughs> so I need to find storage for that too, um, and then put the birthing pool in there, and then maybe just some sofa cushions with a tarpaulin over it and then towels or something. I don't know. We'll figure it out. I'm sure it's been done in smaller spaces. It's a really small space. <laughs> but um, put our bathroom pool in there because then at least if Amandine needs to come down, she can pop in and see me. That would be lovely. You know, I would really, really like that. But if we're in the late stages, Amandine won't be scared. I don't want her to be scared and I don't want her to see me in discomfort. Um, and it just means that we can take our time, stitch me up without having a toddler running around. Amandine, uh, Hendrik can pop in and out with Amandine. Um, yeah, that's the that's the thought process behind that one. <laughs> Whether it's going to come off, I don't know. Uh, we shall see. <laughs> um, but that is the current plan. Okay, let me get to some of these questions. Oh my goodness, this is a really long podcast. I'm sorry. Can you please cover baby clothes? I'm going to do some podcasts when I when we start to get ready for baby number two um but essentially right at the beginning you really don't need much at all and I think always remember that things are so easy to get hold of uh if you are short of something um for instance you know if you live near a waitrose you can get John Lewis to deliver to waitrose next day and then your partner or parent or friend could go and grab them for you and bring them to you if you are short of anything but baby clothes wise I would just say baby grows that either have a zip um, up the front not buttons poppers maybe but if you really want ease they are far more expensive though but if you really want ease get a zip <laughs> and quite a few of them so we just got like a multi-pack of white ones um, which we will be using again for the little one they washed really well some of them have really big poo stains on uh, I think I threw those ones away but uh, a lot of the stuff um that we had for Amandine, we will use for little baby as well. Even if it's pink, I really don't care. It's no, you know, I don't care. Um, so that's what, what you need and little hats. And I found socks never stayed on. So try and get baby grows that have socks on. I remember with Amandine needing, feeling the need to put her in outfits really far too early for no apparent reason. I will not be doing that with this one. This one can live in baby grows for the first few months, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> so, um, that's my plan. Uh, maybe a blanket, um, with holes in, but yeah, I will do a proper, proper post on this as well, but really essentially baby clothes wise, you need nappies, maybe a vest if it's cold, depending on what time of year you're having a little one and, uh, little hats and a jumper or a cardigan, depending on, you know, where you're going or what you're doing um and I, oh, I would also say uh the baby grow bags are brilliant because or swaddle because then you don't have to worry about blankets and all that kind of thing and it'll be it's more important for you to get a good night's sleep when you can sleep um muslins we never needed them with amandine but i kept a lot back just in case we need them with uh this one and also little bib type things for teething amandine i felt like amandine started teething so early on um so she was pretty much wearing those full time because otherwise the, the jumpers and t-shirts and baby grows that she wore would just get sodden through in a matter of minutes because she'd be dribbling so much okay um uh, buh, 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 buh. have you decided on baby's name no and Hendrik keeps going on at me at trying to find a name I have three names which I adore basically they're all Hendrix but Hendrik is like no we need to find we need to find some more just in case <laughs> anyway uh, so no, we have not, but I am really glad that I know it's a boy. I have to say, I am really glad I know it's a boy because I, in my mind, I can prepare. Um, in my mind, 
yeah, we'll, we will be able to get everything sorted. And I think because it is a change in sex, there are things that, you know, it means that I can sell Amandine's clothes in bundles now, um, rather than, oh, if anyone's interested, by the way, I'll let you know when I put them up and where I put them or where, you know, whatever, but I'm going to bundle them into little bundles, which I think is the thing that people do. Um, because they're really cute. Loads of her clothes are really cute and it makes me so sad thinking about getting rid of them. So, so sad thinking about getting rid of them. Um, but we, I don't think we'll be having any more kiddos, so no point holding on to them. Uh, how are you feeling about being pregnant during the pandemic? Hope it's not too scary or worrying. You know, I think I'm okay. I, I feel really lucky that we live in Devon and that I can very much control who I see, where I go, what I'm doing. I am taking the guidance quite seriously, especially with this new variant. Um, even though we're allowed to exercise with someone outside of our household, I'm not really doing that. I think I've seen one person. Um, and <sighs> I don't like going into the hospital, but that's done now. Um, my midwife is going to come here, so I don't have to go to the GP surgery, which is lovely. That's one of the benefits of having a home birth or being looked after by the home birth team, which is really nice. Uh, I'm sure she'll wear a mask. I hate not being able to kind of just do normal life things, but I don't think you need to be pregnant to hate not being able to do normal life things. Um, obviously, hate not being able to see my mum and my sister and then being able to help out with Amaldine. That absolutely sucks, but I have Hendrick. So it's not like I'm really, really struggling um, at home for help. Uh, but then if you are, I guess you can do a childcare bubble, I suppose, I think. Oh, I don't really know. Um, is there anything that you are planning on doing differently or the same with the new baby? I'm going to do a full post on this, uh, a full post, a full podcast on this. Um, but no, <laughs> because with Amaldine, we winged it. I literally, I really do believe in following your baby, especially probably for the first six months, just doing everything that they want, you know, that they need. Um, yeah, just f following the, let them guide you. And, and Amandine guided me wonderfully into motherhood and I am going to let my little boy do the same. <laughs> it's never going to be the same though, is it? Because I have a toddler to look after and who knows where we'll be lockdown wise and how easy it's going to be getting out and about and where Hendrick's going to be and if he's going to be really easy. So I'm going to try and have zero expectations. The one thing I know that I want to do differently, but like I said before, with lockdowns and with social distancing, I don't think that's really going to be in my control anyway. But with Amandine, we had a lot of visitors um, and I don't want that. I really want to solidify as a family unit of four first and uh, I am going to prepare family and friends for this thought process prior to baby arriving because I really felt guilty about saying no to people that wanted to come over last time and I was like you know what they'll just be here for an hour and then it'll be fine and then we can just you know get on and but actually that wasn't the right thing to do for anybody and I'm also going to be asking if anyone if any of my family or any visitors that do come over or anyone that comes to help with Amandine if they're wanting to bring baby gifts to bring pre-prepared food that is what I think I'm going to ask for if anybody offers or anyone would like to get a gift for the new baby. Because I think when you have a second baby, you just don't really need anything. But the thing that you do need is to not be spending time slaving over a hob trying to make some nutritious dinner for your toddler and your husband and you. Um, so yes, that's what I think we'll do. But uh, otherwise... Pfft, I think naturally this baby will nap a lot more out and about in the buggy, on me, in the car seat because we'll be going out and about for Amandine and I think it'll be easier for the baby to just jump onto our schedule with Amandine than Amandine adapts to a baby schedule. Um, we are thinking about popping Amandine in nursery for um, half a day to start with I think but not until Covid is very much something of the past um, I also don't want to put Amandine into nursery straight away when the baby comes because I don't want her to feel like she's being replaced or she's being gotten rid of um, but again 
<laughs> I'm hopefully going to have one of my wonderful friends who has two children. If you're listening, you know I'm talking about you. Come on the podcast and talk about um, how she copes with two kiddos. Um, because I really want to talk about that on the podcast too. Okay, what else? <clears throat> um, how are you feeling with morning sickness? I'm only seven weeks with second pregnancy. Very different to first pregnancy where I got food aversions this time feeling more nauseous. Oh my goodness. My first pregnancy with Amandine doesn't even relate to my second pregnancy with this one and how I feel nauseousness versus sickness. I don't think any pregnancy is the same. Um, and it's it's basically gone. It's gone. And it went at, I would say, 17 weeks. Uh, with Amandine, it went at 15 weeks. And I would say this one, it went at 17 weeks, but it was a gazillion times worse. Most definitely not the worst experience because I know so many people who have had horrible HG. So uh, I am no way complaining, but it was it was hideous and the extreme exhaustion. So I really, really feel for you. It will end. It will end. Um, I really hope for you it's sooner rather than later, but it will end. Um, preparing for second baby, including preparing firstborn for becoming a sibling. So this is the last question. Um, um, Hendrik just all of a sudden popped it out at the table that Amandine was getting a little brother, to which I was a bit surprised because he didn't want to mention it uh, for quite some time. And then he just suddenly pops it out at the table. And Amandine was, <laughs> she was hilarious. And this just proves, one of my friends said to me, who's a teacher, she said, I'm pretty sure Amandine knows because you talk about it around her. Uh, you're just not addressing it with her. But I'm pretty sure she knows. She's not stupid. She picks up on a lot of stuff. And that she does. Oh my God, I have to tell you about her swearing. It was awful. Um, and she, she uh, I, I will tell you about that in a second. I will. I've just written it down to remind myself. Um, anyway, so at the table, uh, Hendrik says, so... Um, there's a little brother in mummy's tummy for you in French. And she just goes, yeah. Oh, no, sorry, that's not what he said. He said, there's a you, there's a little brother coming soon for you. And Amandine just goes, yeah, in mummy's tummy. <laughs> and we both looked at each other like, what? <laughs> what? Anyway, so she knew. And she is she has now got to the point where she's starting to understand. She's really excited. She'll bring it up. So we try not to bring it up very much. But she'll bring it up and she'll say, little brother in mummy's tummy or hello little brother how are you today or she'll come and tap my tummy and go hello or bonjour and then she'll say oh I'm really excited to show him my favorite tv programs and ride a bike and um, teach him to walk and all sorts of things so cute share my stickers and then the other day with Hendrik I didn't hear her say this but in French she basically said I'm going to give him Booba because he's my favorite teddy and I think my little brother will really like it that's basically what she said in a roundabout way um so really really cute but I definitely confused her which was not my finest moment because I was trying to explain to her when baby was coming because she said, I want to see him now. She keeps saying, I want to see him now. Get him out now. <laughs> Which, not ready for that one yet, little one. Um, and I was trying to explain to her that, do you remember last year when we had the paddling pool out and it was hot and it was sunny and the umbrella was out and we would play with ice? Do you remember when it was really hot? That's when it when that happens again, your little brother will be here. So now, every time the sun comes out and the sun's shining, she goes, It's time, it's time, little brother arrives, little brother arrives. <laughs> so yeah. Not my finest moment, but I'm now trying to say I'm now trying to explain it a little bit more better, but it's really, really hard. It's really hard, so um, I'm going to get some books for her as well to explain. There are some really lovely, like, brother and sister books. So I'm going to get a sister book. Um, I'm also, when we start doing little baby's room and getting that kind of ready, that is probably when I'm going to also do Amandine's room. So she feels like kind of her room's getting a bit of a makeover as well as, um baby's room obviously massively on a budget baby really doesn't need anything he's just gonna have Amandine's old stuff um oh the funniest thing so every time I buy something for Amandine now 
I literally think about whether the baby can wear it. So we just bought her a, or the a boy can wear it. So we just bought her some quite expensive, but they were in the sale. So they were actually really, really good value. Didrikson's gear for forest school and outside in this cold weather. So some like salopettes type things and uh, a really, really warm parker. And we got the parker in like a deep navy to make sure the boy could have it. And then the salopettes were over half price. They were like £32 or something when they're normally 80 And uh, got them in bright pink. <laughs> and I got a message from, I think, one of you saying, oh, well, I don't think the little boy's going to be able to wear that. So, no, probably he isn't. But um, we probably won't want to by the time he's two. But in all honesty, they were £30 and they'll make a lovely pass down gift to uh, another little girl, one of my friend's little girls. And they are so warm, I can't recommend them enough. We we did pay full price. We went to uh, Cozy Mole online, who they're not on Instagram, but I can't recommend them highly enough. I got them, literally ordered them and they were here the next day. It was absolutely incredible service. Highly recommend. Um, so... Yeah, it's called Didrikson's. Loads of you guys recommended it to me from your forest school. Um, You said it was recommended to you from forest school. Okay, and last thing, swearing. Oh my goodness. So as you know, Hendrik has the most horrific potty mouth. um, And Amandine has started picking it up. And it's awful. And when we were leaving at Christmas, Amandine was running around saying some horrific swear words. And I just don't understand where she got them from. And Hendrik will swear without even understanding he's done it or knowing that he's done it because to him it's just another English word. So I'm having to pick it up, pick him up on it all the time, which as you can imagine, he's not enjoying. Um, but yeah, oh my gosh. Amandine's at that influential stage where she will look, we will look at each other in horror and then smile and then she'll find it funny and she'll keep doing it. Oh, it's awful. So it's got to stop. We're working on it. It's horrendous. It's, it is absolutely horrendous. On that note... I'll let you know how we get on with that next week. But on that note, I'm going to love you and leave you. Thank you so much for tuning in um, for the new series of Mum Talk. I really, really appreciate it. Please check in on Instagram. Um, there's quite a few bits going on there. I may be changing the way it's all set up. I really value your opinion. So if you're not yet following over on Mum Talk Podcast and probably where it's all going to go over to Emma Jolin, please make sure you are following. Um... And as always, please tag me when you're listening because I love hearing and seeing that you guys are listening and being part of the conversation. And uh, if anything that I've talked about you're feeling as well, let me know because I know I put this all out there for you, but it can be quite a lonely space for me too. So I would love to hear back from you guys uh, if you are listening. Thank you to Cheeky Wipes and thank you to those at Nourish for being a part of today's podcast. I will catch up with you all next week. Have a lovely rest of your week. Lots of love. If you have a moment, please do go onto iTunes or Spotify, wherever you get your podcast. Leave a review um, and give it a little rate. It really helps to just bump this new series up into the charts and help other mums find the series so they can be supported by our wonderful community. Lots and lots of love. See you next week. Bye.